This episode is brought to you by Rick's Eyewear. Eyewear that inspires confidence. If you would like to buy some premium eyewear, sunglasses, blue light frames, prescription, head online now, rickseyewear.com.au and check it out. Caps has been Australia's home of headwear since 2012. From snapback to fitted, curved peak to flat peak, our hats will fit anyone and everyone. Since then, we've grown and evolved into the leaders of US sports apparel in Australia. Head online at caps.com.au and check it out. Righto, let's get into the show. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back. Aces in business. Tommy Sheridan, we're here. What a week last week with the great James Hashin from Elias Skincare. One of the most genuine blokes you'll come across who's doing some great things in the business, uh, the beauty industry, I should say, with his product. It's it's growing. Some of the numbers of what he shared, the stories with Shane Warne. Uh, he lives a very unique lifestyle for a 26-year-old, which is the beauty of this platform, we get to meet some amazing people who are doing some things differently and not too indifferent from this man here, Kyle Trainer from the Startup Diaries, uh, the pivotal brand, as we call it, your your podcast, your clips, they're everywhere. We were literally speaking about it. We love your content because of the way it's like marketed, the music, the subtitles. That's as good as anyone. Yeah. So just, you just encapsulate you from the get-go, but um, thanks for coming on, mate. Thanks for having me. Great. I'm, I'm pumped. And to be honest, the setup here in here is absolutely amazing. We love we love to plug Roller Media. Yeah. We've got Braden over there on the keyboards. Look at him. <laughs> we love to pump up Roller Media because everyone does talk about the van. It's quite creepy when you get in. But once you, <laughs> it is. But once you get inside, it's unbelievable, isn't I'd, it? I'd love to. Um, I'd love to see the view from the outside, though. You just see yeah, like six oh, blokes rolling out. Of the <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. Coming out in suits, like <laughs> yeah, what the fuck yeah. is going on in there? <laughs> now today's all about podcasts. Um, you've been doing it for how long now? Three, three yeah, years. Three years. You know, like I would say, two years very um, poorly, and then a year now pretty serious. And we're going to dive into that. Um, we're really keen to learn today. There's heaps of questions we've got off the cuff and we're quite excited. Your content is so premium. Uh, I really like it. I, I look at it. I've got a few questions to ask you even about, you know, you know, when you just do the, um, the descriptions of your podcast and all that, I'll write them up on YouTube, copy and paste onto Wooshka and all of a sudden it just looks shit ass when I look at it <laughs> on, on Spotify, it goes all crammed. Like, oh, yeah. And I look at yours and it's immaculate. So you just, everything you're doing from a branding point of view looks uh, really, really nice. And I guess the marketing aspect of it is you do, you have studied marketing and um, I guess we would love to touch on that. Like where did all this come about? Yeah. So I've been, I've, I've, I've actually, it's funny, I was talking to the, um, some friends about this, the guys who own the office across from us and I've, I've never had a job like in my life. So I've, I've been in business since I was 18, 19. And then before that, um, was playing footy and was kind of just, you know, that was it. So my parents didn't want me to get a job as a teenager. They want me to focus on footy. Um, and then that didn't really go anywhere. Um, and went and studied marketing at university. Um, and at the same time became a PT. Hated university. I just, I don't know what it is. I just can't listen. No one on this show's liked it so far. <laughs> liked I, just, it. I hated it. Jesus. I just can't, I don't know, like, I don't, I don't know if I can be told what to do, like, or, or more importantly, told what to learn. Because I love learning, but I don't think I can be told what I have to learn and when I have to learn it, if mm. that makes sense. So no good at uni, no good at school, um, but started bu a business as a PT, built a business up to, you know, like PTs underneath me, never had like a physical location, but 
put um, PTs in gyms around Victoria, built that up, um, and then naturally started to get questions asked by other people in the fitness industry and then really started to enjoy that. And I just loved the business side. I was more business than I was PT, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, did what I had to over in the PT space and like understanding to get it to get by, but was really in love with the business side. And then loved having conversations about business and, you know, just brainstorming ideas. So started a consulting company and then went full-time into that, scaled that up um, and basically got it to a point where it could operate, where I only had to spend a little bit of time in it um, and it would generate income for me. And I kind of got to this point where I was like, oh, what, what would I, you know, what, what can I do next? Cause it was, you know, it, it I didn't want to keep growing this other business, if that makes sense. Um, and I loved podcasting, like podcasting was our marketing channel. It was the thing that generated all of our revenue. Um, and then it was like, Oh, can I have a crack at this over here and just see if I can create a business out of it. And I also didn't like the fact that I had to talk about this thing here because my business was dependent on it. I wanted to talk about something where the content was the product, if that makes sense, where everything was about the actual content, not the content surrounding this product that we had to sell. Um, so that was kind of how it started. Um, and Pivotal Conversations was originally the show. And the reason I come up with that name, like I was pretty lucky, but my uh, stepfather, he's like um, ex-police, ex-military, like guy was like meditating in like the seventies, like just a real, you know, in tune kind of guy. Um, and he, he come over from, from England and I was 18 at the time and I was a bit of a party boy. Right. So, you know, I, I was playing local footy and just fucking sending it every weekend. <laughs> and, um, I got home one day and there's this English guy sitting on the couch and I was like, oh, Jesus. And I was like, I'm not going to pay him any respect. And it went like that for like two years. Like, not that I was disrespectful, but I was just like, yeah, whatever. Like, mum's dating some guy. You yeah. know what I mean? And then, like, I had no idea who he was, even for like the first two years in terms of like... Like the military background. Bro, like, I'm talking full on. Like, <laughs> the, impressive. Like, you could sit around a, like a table and drink red listening to this guy talk for like 10 hours straight. Really? There's that many stories. Um, but like, yeah, and and like honestly, he helped me just completely turn my life around. Um, and like the idea was, was like I believe conversations are life-changing, I think, and it's like you, every single person, like every single one of us here could look back at a conversation that completely changed the trajectory of our lives. Um, and then it was more around, well, not everybody gets to have those conversations or has access to them. So the idea was how do we make these conversations more accessible? And it was more centered around business, wealth, character. I think they're the three things that really push the needle forward for people. Um, And if it's not um, business, it might be equity, you know, trying to get some sort of equity in your career. That's kind of the thing. And then building character and, and, and wealth as well. And so like pivotal conversations was conversations just built around that. And then we started to break off into having a few different shows. So That's awesome. I want to go back before we get into the podcast stuff because we love to go back. With the PT business, um, just talk a little bit more about that and then the consulting business. I'm really interested to – I hear about consultants all the time, but I go, how do you – 
like, you know, let's say you're really good at something, so therefore you can now consult. But how do you set that up and then promote yourself easily? It's and a it's funny, a, yeah, it's a funny one, isn't it? Like, it's, um, oh, this. I think there's a saying. It's like buy a watch for someone else to tell t- tell me the time or something like that. I remember some some like six year old billionaire told me that or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was looking at a property and he said, "Oh, so you're a consultant?" It kind of great line. Little dig. You know what I mean? I was like, "Oh, all right, yeah, mate, whatever." Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think. Like the consultancy business, I look at based on the industry, like the fitness industry, you, you speak to 90% of people in there, they get into it because they're passionate about it and they want to help people. Like 90, 90% of people will say that. Mm. And I genuinely think 60% of that's true. Um, and they don't know how to run a business. Like I have, as a PT didn't realize that I had a business until about 18 months in. Because like one thing, and this is like some stats, so I think it's something like 72% of the opportunities in the fitness industry at the lower level, at the entry level, you have to become a sole trader. Um, so you're automatically starting a business. And for me, I was like, cool, got a job at a good life. You know, it was a good life gym, got a job. Um, and that's how I seen it. And then, you know, got to like a year in and, and I hadn't paid any taxes yet or hadn't done any of that. And I was like, and then uh, someone's like, you got to get your taxes done. And I was like, oh, fuck. I had no idea. What, I'm like, cool. Went and seen an accountant. Um, he was no good. <laughs> it ended up being, and like, you know, it was just more like, okay, if I had gone through that, how many other people were going through that? And I got, you know, I was once I realised that, I started to really dedicate myself to understanding the business side of things because I got really scared about, oh, I have to pay my own taxes. How does that work? You, you know, all this stuff, and then, you know, it was kind of like dedicate to that, got pretty good at it, started to like bring on team and and start to scale up. Um, And then obviously like there was a lot of people in gyms that I would go to or people that I would talk to and they just had no idea. They were going through the same thing. And I actually think it's a systematic thing. I think think systematically there was something wrong with the industry and that was kind of the basis of the consulting business is like there was a genuine need there. And like when I talk about business, I'm not talking about – we're going to make you a hundred grand in, you know, 10 days, you know, like the shit you see on Facebook ads. I'm talking like, this is how you read a balance sheet. This is how you, you know, look at a profit and loss. This is how you can start to generate profit, you know, cause like you'd be surprised. Like when you don't know anything about business and you're coming in as someone who knows a lot about biomechanics or, you know, we would work with physios, we would work with osteos, we would work with personal trainers, gym owners, whatever it is, but it was not like just the marketing side. It was like, this is actually how you operate a business so that you can maybe one day buy a house. You know, like a lot of people want to buy a house and then they start a business and then they realize they don't realize that unless you've got good numbers, when you go to a bank, they're not going to give you a loan. And so you're someone who's coming in thinking that you're going into your passion you know, becoming a PT or being in the fitness industry or, you know, even strength and conditioning, you're starting a business uh, and then you just get trapped there and you don't get to achieve, you know, want, people want to have families one day. They want to, and, and, you know, most PTs work 50 hour weeks, but they work 5 a.m. till 9 a.m. and then 3 p.m. till 9 p.m. Mm. And it's like, okay, your kids go to school from in between those hours and you might want to buy a house one day. So there's all these problems and there was like the, you know, you don't get taught any of this stuff in any of the certificates and anything like that. So 
you got an you got an industry, in my opinion, where you got people doing their cert three and four, becoming PTs, or they go to uni, and then they enter an industry where the lower the the lower entry jobs, you become a sole trader. So you got no idea, um, and the reason is is because um, like you know these big big box gyms who create a lot of those opportunities want you to come in and they want you to pay rent and and so on. So like that was kind of the basis of that business, and it was a lot. We did courses, um, consulting as well, and it was all just about how to actually operate a business, not necessarily just the marketing side that was involved, but it was like understanding cash flow and, and a lot of that stuff. Just on that, there's a lot of people listening and watching that have businesses or just starting businesses or want to get into business. What was the key theme that you, you saw throughout that pro, you know, that process? Was there one thing that people just continually fucked up? Money. Money, money, like, you know, even to this day, like I still fuck it up. You know what I mean? Like it's one of those things, it's a genuine relationship thing and that will affect how you manage it. Um, and even so, even more so as say, uh, a sole trader or a small business, you know, like the reality is if you're the operator of the business and you're, you know, it's not like we're coming in where we've got funding of, you know, 20 million and we can go out and we can hire these great experts. It's like, no, no, no. Like every Saturday I sit down and I look at my profit and loss and I have to look how we perform that week. And my, the, you know, I think the big thing is, is we get that relationship with money passed down to us, you know? So, so like, you know, I look back at my parents, God bless them. But like my, you know, when I first started that business, like I was blowing cash, you know what I mean? And I was blowing cash, my business's cash on things that were personal to me. Mm. And then therefore I'm not profiting. So that massively affects like those things around going out and getting a loan and these kind of things. But it also means that, you know, how am I meant to grow the business if I'm spending it on personal, if I'm spending the business's money on personal expenses? And the reality is I didn't have a support system around me that could teach me how to do that properly. So I think cash flow is at the core, one of the most important thing of a business sounds very obvious, but more so because, especially for small businesses, because if you want to scale and you want to build a team and you want to grow the business, inevitably money's the thing that's going to help you do that you know, money's the most powerful um, source of energy in the world. I like to think of, of, you know, going big and fast off, you know, and, and, you know, you could, you got, you can either spend time or money, right? So, you know, if you're spending time, you probably have to do most of that yourself. If you start to send money, you can pay for someone else's time to come in and do that thing. So yeah, cash flow is really important. If you can get that right, is cash flow is that is that difficult with a consultancy business though? Because it, I assume most of your engagements are contract work. So having sort of a consistent view, if if it's all contract based, does that make it hard to kind of gauge? You know, yes and no. Like we we set ours up from the beginning as like a subscription, right? Okay. Um, I think the subscription businesses are, are great for cash flow because it's really predictable. Um, but I'm just started a media agency myself now where we do marketing, branding, visual identity. Um, as well as like campaigns, you know, videography and, and all that kind of stuff. We manage it from start to finish, ideation to execution. And yes, like mm. now it's like campaign orientated budgets, you know, like it's, we don't know, you know, we're trying. And I think the goal for every business should do, should be to get your, if you are a campaign or like a, a contract based business to try to get your customer to being a subscription no matter what you do um and it's it's kind of like marriage with the customer they'll 
you know, they'll pay you that subscription um, once they trust you enough. So I think like definitely a lot harder, but we set it up a little bit differently um, back then, which probably worked in our favor from a cash flow perspective. Right. I know you asked that question, but around, you said cash is sort of that, or the financial literacy for some people is the biggest pitfall for the viewers and, and listeners who may be starting a business. What would be your advice from what you've seen as like one of the areas you really want to hone in on to get right when the, you're starting? The thing that was life-changing for me was being able to separate entities in your mind. So I think what I mean by that is as a, and more more importantly for a sole trader, um, you know, if you're a sole trader, you don't. It's not a company. Like you don't pay yourself a wage. It's a bit different. Like you can just you can take drawings. It's really easy, and you can do that in a company as well. But it's 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 a bit of a different dynamic. But your business's money belongs to your business, and your money belongs to you. Separate those as quick as you can, um, because a lot of that emotional attachment is I don't want to spend the money in the business because I believe that money's mine and I want to spend that money on personal things, um, even though it might be in the business account. So it's an emotional attachment to that. Whereas if you can separate the entities, you can start to look at that and go, no, that's the company's money. So when I look at it as, as the company's money, I spend it on things that are going to help to grow com- the company, Yeah. right? I'm not going to blow it on dinners, you know, like a lot of people are like, oh, this is tax deductible. This is this, this is that. And although that is very true and there are benefits to that, it's also money that you can't spend on say a staff member and so on. So I think that's probably been the, that was a life changer for me. And it's something when I, you know, when we used to deal with individuals that would come in who they're the only person in their business, or maybe there's a couple others and they're still a sole trader and they're not a company and, and so on. That would be the the biggest game changer because it allows them to easily de uh, like I guess take emotion out of the equation, um, which is so important when you're making decisions. Fascinating. Mm. So this, uh, when you said the podcast you had in like the marketing channel of this business, was that purely based around the consultants that you were pushing out content? Yeah, hundred percent. Hundred percent. So we we identify like it was funny. Like I, I went to the states. Um, it was a while ago now. It was back when I had the consultancy company, but we, we went to the States and one of, one of my good friends, who, sorry, he's a good friend now, but he's a massive S&C guy over there, like huge, does, uh, it, he actually worked at um, I Am Athlete. Um, oh, really? Yeah. And um, thing I did, it was the head of the medical there for a bit. With Brandon? Um, yeah, yeah. We're talking about I Am Athlete, the podcast. Oh, mate. We, Earlier. we, we love the marketing. And well, he's, is the, well, we'll talk about it later on, yeah. but- yeah, we'll go back to that later. You keep going. <laughs> yeah, um, but he ended up there as well. But he's done like, man, he worked with some of the biggest guys in the NFL, still does now, <clears throat> does all their NFL draft stuff there. Like real deal. And, mate, I I went over to the States just to like as a, like a bit of a networking trip um, and just chatting to him on Insta. And he's like, you know, this guy squats like 300 kilos, man. Like Jesus. he's a monster. Um, and anyway, he's like, come down, we'll catch up. And, you know, I, I was in San Fran at the time and I remember he, he was working in like, he was around the Silicon Valley area and me not having been there before, I was like, oh yeah, like they're close as, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm in San Fran, the city and I'm like, oh yeah, like I'll, like I'm catching up with this guy tomorrow, you know, never met him. And he's like, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, ping me the address, pings me the address. It's a three and a half hour train ride or something. And I'm going, fuck, and I'll like, should I do this? That's in my head. I'm like, oh, is it really, this really worth it? And anyway, I was like, I'll do it. You know, I'll just do it. So I went there, 
you know, it's, I'm like, I don't know, 90 kilo at the time, right? And he's like, yeah, come down for a session. <laughs> I'm like, You've got a three-hour train for a training session. <laughs> yeah, but it was like, you know, like hanging out. Like, oh, I was okay. with him for a long time. But anyway, like he's a monster. Like he's swatting 300 kilos in front of me and I'm that's pulling ridiculous. maybe 120, 130 off that's the ground. Hate, that's <laughs> and he's mate. doing all these fancy warm-ups and I'm like, yeah, yeah, like trying to do all these fancy warm-ups at the same time. Like a couple of lunges. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was a bit like that. Like I had a fair bit of knowledge because of my PT stuff, but these guys are genuine genius like you know he can lift but he's a genius like um i'd say you know one of the best in the world big following everything but back then it was like he wasn't that well like he had like i think 20 or thirty thousand followers back then but like wasn't that well known um and mate we become like really really good mates and his podcast was like he's been podcasting for like he was podcasting for like two three years back then Right. So like big, big podcast and he's like, anyway, we built this great relationship. I got on a call with him every week for probably the whole year after leaving San Fran, like just got on like a house on fire. It was a good connection to make at the time as well for business too. Ended up flying him out to do a seminar, which we ended up like selling out. Like it was, it was a really successful thing, but he's like, oh, you should come on the podcast. And it's like first podcast I've ever done. I was sweating bullets, mate. He's getting downloads, like downloads. And um, anyway, like just through that experience, he's like, man, like if you don't do this, you're, you're very silly. Like this is like you just build trust so quickly. Um, and then that's when we started it. So like I ended up starting my own podcast. He was the first guest. So if you go back to the ver- – it's on the same channel that we have now. If you go back to the very first one, you'll be able to listen to him um, and me and him have a chat. And that was the first one. And Mate, honestly, it was so good. Like we've never had a big following for any of our companies, but the amount of leads we would generate simply from those podcasts just because of the trust that you build was like, wow. And I think that kind of stemmed into why I wanted to get into this and see what was, you know, what the potential was with the next company that I have now. It's well said. I reckon you're spot on in terms of, um, I mean, we talk about community, but there's so many people out there that, that, that write in and you got the ability to ask their questions on behalf of them and get the answers. And to be honest, the questions are crackers. You know, like I had a, had a bloke on yesterday and, you know, there's a few questions that I had that I hadn't written down and they, sure enough, the listeners write in and they're just awesome questions. And, mm. and you're right, you get to build some trust. You're almost building relationships. But one thing that I struggle with, because I'm such a people's person, I want to say thank you, but, you know, I'm saying it now, but be more organic and be real. It's like you don't have the time to be able to call 500 people up or whatever, <laughs> but it's like a one-way street in a sense because like they can only hear you speak. You can't hear them speak unless they get in contact with you. How have you found trying to you know say thank you to all your listeners and I guess reach out to them um, outside of just doing podcasts? Yeah, mate. I reckon it's in the. I reckon it's the DMs. I reckon it's just being super active, giving people as much as you can in there. I think that's so important. Like, that's one thing I've always um, really tried to do is like, I'm just super active in there. You know, like people will be messaging or they'll share and I'll be like, hey, you know, what'd you like? Thanks so much for the support. Like, because you are right. Like, there's only so much you can do in this podcast. Like, yeah, we could say, oh, thanks for tuning in. We really appreciate you. But I think getting in the DMs and really replying to people, you know, every single person, just getting in, saying you appreciate them. Like that's one thing we really try to do. And I feel like over time that kind of compounds and mm. that's what keeps people coming back. And and that's, 
that's really important, you know, I, yeah. I find. Yeah, like, definitely. And I do do that and I love doing it. The one thing that I've noticed doing that is people on private, you can't, like when you do a, um, request. I'll put a guest up and write, put a question in and they'll put in a request of, a, you know, a question and they'll say, hey, can you ask him this? And I go to reply, thanks, mate. Or yeah, great question. Can't do it, you know. And I was I've like, never come across that. No, I don't, yeah, no, never. So I had to get, well, unless it's just me, but I had to get onto their profile. Like I had to search them, remember what they wrote, and then get in. Hey, mate, just letting you know, I did read what you wrote, and uh, it's a great question. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for support. It's like, geez, there's got to be an easier way to do this. There's than- a funny, funny story on this. I think you might have said it on the last last episode on this, but Tommy, obviously with his sunglass brand, which I'm wearing now, Rick's Eyewear. I think you, you like some of the most loyal buyers or whatever, re, repeat customers, customers yeah. he's like, I'm going to, I want to contact him. I want to build that relationship. Instead of sending off an email, he's like, I'm going to call him. So he, go, he calls him. He reckons about 80% of him were like, mate, this is a fucking Tommy Sheridan. Who's this? It's just like nothing connected. He's like, hey, it's Tommy Sheridan. Rick's like, who? Like, trying, they thought I was prank corn. I was like, mate. <laughs> Backfired completely. <laughs> it's this generation. They hate phone calls now. You know, I'm a hybrid. I love phone calls and set text to an extent, but I prefer to chat. It's easy to get out you know like if i called you and said hey mate blah 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 you can get out that in a minute text message you're wasting like 30 minutes of your day i, I yeah. just prefer to call cool, and yeah. a voicey yeah i'm a voicey man yeah they're yeah. just so easy it's more efficient 100%. but yeah, yeah i did do that i called all our customers <laughs> and i probably butchered telling the story the other day like i called you know a lot of a few of them i, I know and then the other ones i don't I, I wanted to make sure that i um i called them and yeah, it was just like to and from for a for a few weeks there, and I was saving them as like their full names and you know their their number on the sheet just so I could go back and say that I've made you know I've ticked it off and made some of the some of the conversations were hilarious, yeah. were hilarious, and absolutely. Some fun. It's actually, the way you describe but it's it. so enjoyable as well. You know, you get to ask a question like, why are you buying? You know, why? Who'd you hear it from? Um, thank you. It's crazy. I think the thing about podcasting as well is like you you don't. You don't actually, you don't really understand the impact, like, and and like the so true, just how far it goes. Like, you know, there'd be people like, it's it's weird, like how you just find out someone's listening, and you're like, wow, like I just would never have expected that. It's nuts, like, mm. and like there's people like that's happened to me. I reckon, especially in the last couple of months, it's just like, whoa, like, yeah. That's the most amazing thing for me is when people contact you, you don't know, saying like, I listened to this, this helped, or that was all. It's like, even in real life. You're, you're yeah. like, you're like, yeah, you're like, day. he's like, you, you think I'll the podcast? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just like <laughs> dripping wet, just went for a run. I'm like, yeah, man, I did. It's like, <laughs> mate, great episode with Cockanarchus and Loney. I'm like, oh, thanks, mate. Yeah, yeah. Geez, strong latte. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that. 100%. It's a fulfilling feeling, definitely. In the, um, talk about the podcast game, for you particularly early, was there any, particular podcasters that you were watching that you know gave you inspiration you like their podcasting style yeah I, I am athlete was like that that level of production was like wow i really really enjoyed that and when i was what you consuming it myself so you know from the get-go that was like i remember like watching two episodes and i'm like gotta get a studio and yeah. like went hard and got a studio you know um and, and kind of really because that was like that was right at the transitional phase for me where i was like really i know that i knew that's what i wanted to do but I was like, oh, and then I was, so we went and got a studio. So that was like from a production standpoint. Um, and then not really, like I knew for me, it was all going to be about business. Like I could talk business, you know, that's just my passion. I just love talking about business. And then over time, it was just more learning from like the, the, the audience, I guess. Like, what are they liking? Like one of the big lessons for us early on was the story was actually something they didn't care a lot about. 
like if that makes sense. Yeah, like, right. So they were like, and we were only telling the story and we would uh, that would be the way we navigate through the conversation. And then it's funny, we did one and they were like, we did like an episode and they were like, oh, that was great. And I was like, what was great about it? And they're like, oh, like it was just a lot more directional and you started to talk more you know, like um, go into detail about like things that people actually need to do in their business. Mm. And I was like, oh, okay. Like I've got these great guests coming on, but the story as much as, and, and it completely bamboozled me because I was like, oh, like I, you know, is this really the way we want to go? But we've started to go more that way. So now it's like 15 minutes max of like the story and then diving in to like, mm okay, like how did you do this? What was some of the, and like, but really going deep on say marketing or really going deep on branding or leadership and, and stuff like that. So that that's probably, I think like more just learning from the customer is something that I'm doing much more now than I did at the start that I think is paying dividends. I think it's a great way for people starting podcasts to navigate through conversations is almost to think from like infant to now with your with your guests and just run through that journey to kind of build your confidence and but when you've been doing it for a little bit especially for me like I feel like it's a bit of a mundane process and it starts to get boring so it's interesting you say that because like I think you're quite good at it when like a you know there's a a clip moment that pops up or something that we can hone in on like you just go hard at that and then the the conversation kind of just goes from there rather than trying to stick to like this talk track of you know what were you doing at this point start to finish you know what I mean just on that I'm going to hold you accountable let's go back when you spoke about being a consultant right I want to dive deep on this you spoke about cash I think everyone's going to have cash at the start because they're starting a business or they're going to get a loan or whatever. So they've got it. Let's just dive in a little bit deeper. What are the, just like, just go through a little bit of a checklist or a process that people just forget about. You, you mentioned, you know, tax and all this kind of stuff. Let's just dive a little bit deeper into maybe, you don't have to name the business, but one where you went, oh my God, you guys have got a, you, you're making heaps of cash, but you've made so many mistakes without realizing. <laughs> yeah. It, um, like, a lot of it is based around structure, structure of businesses. So like, you know, as I said, like people being sole traders for way too long and then don't realize that they're paying, you know, because when you're a sole trader and you earn over a certain amount, you're paying 45% tax, right? So if you started a company, your, t- your tax rate straight away goes down to 27.5%. So, you know, that's what, I, I don't know what the actual number is, but it's like 13 or 15% margin right there. So, you know, most service-based companies should be running at around 30% margin. You got 15 of it there based on the structure of your company. So like stuff like that is stuff that's really important that people just aren't aware of. And then like another big one that I love is like gross margins. So gross margins is all about what it takes to produce the product. And if you're running a service-based business, you're selling time. So a lot of people will a, a lot of people, this is the money, the relationship with money thing. They're like, what's, you know, like the first time you hire someone, you're like, what's fair? Mm. What's fair? Like, what does this person deserve? Um, and that's just not the way to think about it. It's an element of it, right? But most people like, you know, I'll, I'll give you an example, like a PT will come in and they go, oh, we'll do 60-40. So 60% of the revenue goes to them because, you know, they're doing all the work and 40% will go to me. Well, that means you're only operating at a 40% gross margin. Gross margin, you know, you, that's the product, what it costs. That's reproducing the time. Okay, let's fast forward this to a million-dollar business. And, you you know, I, again, like a lot of a lot of people don't realize is, is that you've got basically got, th- in my opinion, three main areas to a small business. You've got what it costs to produce the product or sectors of money, sorry, what it costs to produce the product 
the operations, the marketing. You can fix marketing at, as a percentage of revenue. You can fix or try, you can start to aim at what it costs you to produce the product. Um, your operating expenses are usually fixed, right? So you've got percentage for producing the product, percentage for marketing, and then you've got operations, which is actually more a fixed cost. So software, you know, rent, it's usually a fixed cost. Um, but operations and marketing is how you scale, right? Because a lot of people don't realize is that once you start to, once you bring in people to produce the product for you and you you get that covered, you then have to, there's more operations that then you have to manage. And then you have to start to bring people in to manage the operations. Now, when you, like, if you think about selling time or a service and a product, like the reality is, is they, the more people you bring into that, it's okay because they generate more revenue. Someone who manages your operations doesn't generate any revenue. Someone who manages your marketing don't directly generate revenue. They can increase revenue by being effective, but they don't, they don't actually directly generate revenue. So that gross margin of 40%, you've only got 40% of, you know, like if you're running, a, let's say, I don't know, a, a million dollars, right? You've only got $400,000 to spend. It sounds like a lot, right? But it's not. Because let's say you got an office and that office costs you a hundred grand. Now you've only got 300 grand. Now let's say you bring in an ops manager. That's a hundred grand. You've only got 200 grand. Now that ops manager needs to be trained. Uh, they might not become good until month six. And you start to see that, okay, the, however, the gross margins are a great indicator on how healthy your business is and how well it will scale, right? So you improve your gross margin. You'll know this in like t-shirts, like the more t-shirts you can sell, the better the price you get on the actual creating the t-shirt. So the idea is, is that you increase your gross margins and the, like, the bigger you are, the better that gets, the more you can spend on, say, marketing because you improve those margins. If you improve the gross margin of any business, it's automatically going to be uh, you know, so much more profitable. So that's a, they're the two like, big things with money that I look at. When I look, go into a business, I go, what's your gross margins? How can we get this to above 60%? So that when we get to the point where you want to scale, yep. you're going to have cash there available or margin there available to actually scale and hire and bring operations and marketing people in. Because usually that's where the, that's the business, that's the need of the business. Build that war chest of cash and then just go whack with just, a strong strategy. Just have the margin there. You know, yeah. like you just want to have the margin there so you can do cool shit. Yeah, that's yeah. literally it. You know, you like if you want to hire, go hire a marketing person or, you know, I often think of it like there's, there's, there's kind of growing the business, which is like sales, marketing, and product delivery and scalability. And then you've got operations, finance, uh, and team and culture. They're like your six pillars. The, the left-hand side, the first three I mentioned, grow the business. The right-hand side, enable it. But the right, like if you think about it, like you're trying to always grow, drive growth, and then enable growth. Um, and you need to understand that not all of those are directly going to generate revenue. So I think that's where like gross margins and having that as a key indicator of how well you're performing and even setting that as a benchmark or a target can just be so good for the business long-term, but nobody knows. Like it's like a hidden gem in a business, if that makes sense. So so would these be some of the conversations you'd be having with your clients, essentially really breaking this down and kind of almost giving them a business structure as well as a strategy? Structure. Structure is like, as I said before, it's, it's, it's a, a lot of it is around structure. People like, it's like, I, I think of it like this, people usually run into a brick wall 
and they don't know why they're running into the brick wall, but they just keep running into it. Or they get to a point, like, if you could think about it, right, like, as a small business owner, like, the easiest way to think about it is, let's use podcasting as an example. If you guys bring on a second show or eventually want to get to the point where you're not podcasting at all, you probably never never want to do that because it's fun, but the reality is you have to pay yourself a wage as a CEO for it to be viable or you need to take a dividend to make money. So as a CEO, you are now not a part of producing that product, which means you have to have enough margin there initially. And especially this is more important in the early days. If you want to take a wage from your business, you know, like if I was to bring in, let's say three shows, right? And we have a host for each of those shows. We have to pay that host. We have to have enough margin from these those three shows and the revenue they generate to be able to pay me a full-time wage. Yeah. Most people will pay, underpay themselves and then their margins won't be there and then they get to a point where they're trapped in their business or uh, they can never actually step away from delivering the product because they have to generate revenue for themselves because their margins suck. Whereas if you have great margins, it's, you can step away sooner and then you can step away sooner and actually focus on the high revenue job that's growing the business. So that, that, that they're like the two massive ones. You know, um, the, the one that I mentioned before, separate the, the, the entities in emotionally and mentally uh, and then get your gross margins. That's a really good point, that, separating those because I think we're all susceptible well, yeah, of that. It's, it's, it's always a question that comes around. I remember when I started Rick's, so I was only 21, Oh, you'll be right, Trainer. Just fucking whack it on the Rick's card. You know, I'm like, <laughs> I don't think it works like that, fellas. Like, you can claim a little bit, but you're just going to run out at the end of the day. Do you want to touch on that? You know, there's a lot of people out there that don't understand the expenses part. Like, you can't just go out there and whack your card down for dinners. Don't get me wrong. I was doing it. I'm like, ah, oh, let's take these boys out. I'm making excuses to take blokes out for dinner that aren't even making any impact on their business as an opportunity. You know, I look back now and go, what a, what a clown I was, you know? And not only am I picking restaurants, I'm picking the premium ones. Right? <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 I yeah, should have been taking them to bloody... and all. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> not, nah, not that level, but <laughs> the seven out of tens, you know? It should have just been a nice meal. Fuck, I should have got around for a steak. But <laughs> yeah. can you just touch on people doing that and, and, and how many people you saw that would just think that you could just, ah, oh, she'll be right, whack it on the company card? Yeah, it's not even that. It's like, it's, it's like uh, you know, there's a lot of people that don't even have have two different accounts and you'd be amazed like there's like there's just one account and they take money out of that account when they want to spend it so they or they might have a business account and then they've got a personal account and instead of paying themselves a wage which is fixed and predictable they just take money when they need it for themselves so it's like create as much predictability in your business as you can it's never going to be 100% predictable but I often think just about with like money it's just about how can I see into the future so that I can start to navigate decision-making. And like the further into the future you can see, like if I can project 12 months into the future, I can also, I can say, well, the business needs this. So we need to hire a marketing manager because I can't keep doing this and grow the business at the same time. It's taking up too much time. Cool. How much money do I need to, to hire a marketing manager? All right. If we bring in entry level, maybe 60, 70 grand. Cool. At what point in the future can I actually afford to hire that marketing manager? And can I predict that? And if I, and the thing is, if I'm taking money out and I don't, I don't run my profit and loss and I don't do projections and I'm spending money on God knows what, and I, and I, like, I can't even see four weeks into the future, you know, as a, as a early business, as a startup, 
you know, where you don't have unlimited resources, it's going to be nearly impossible. Let's talk about this as well. Because there's a lot of people out there that will be starting business. And someone like me, I fucking hate numbers. I'm not a, I'm not a spreadsheet, spreadsheet man and I, I probably never will be, but I need to get better in that field and more creative and um, probably more of a people person and your sales kind of guy. So when it comes to the finances and the spreadsheets, right? How do you teach someone to put a P&L together, you know? And and how long does it take to learn all these kinds of things? Oh, it just depends on the relationship with money. Like if some, you know, there's, there's like, and this was me, it's like you put a spreadsheet in, some of someone, in front of someone and they're like, you know, what's that meme? The, the Sandra Bullock, <laughs> Sandra Bullock, the movie, you know, she's wearing the blindfold in the boat. Oh, yeah, yeah, That's yeah, literally yeah. what they turn into. It's like, <laughs> you know, like, I don't, you know, I don't know what's going on. You know what I mean? And I think like. It's just about, you don't, look, you can get away with having a good accountant too. Like that's, there's, there's no doubt. And having a great accountant is really, really important. Someone who's proactive. I think that's another thing that I I stress to people is like, get onto an accountant that's really proactive. Who's, Mm. you know, that is messaging you. That's letting you know things, not the other way around. Like you go see them once a fucking year and and then they, and they're, they're billing you, but then they tell you, oh yeah, like things aren't going that great or thing. It's like, mate, what am I paying you? You should be telling me this, you know what I mean? And, and being proactive, you know, like I, we used to speak to a lot of people and they might be earning 500 grand a year, still sole trader paying 45% tax. Mm. Yeah, wow. That, that, like, that's a common pitfall for some people, I find. Like, I see a lot so of people company mistakes like it. that. Yeah. You know, it was me for a long time. Like, yeah. you know, I think, you know, again, it's the ghost of the accountant maybe once or twice a year um, and they're not really paying too much attention and all of a sudden you're paying overs in tax or you've got a massive tax bill so, that you haven't saved for. You haven't yeah. put money away because you yeah. don't understand it. So someone that needs to do that, what's the steps that they should take to do this? Message your accountant and you get proactive with them. Um, and I reckon there's three key things that I'd be looking for and I would ask for them. I would say, what's it going to cost me to get a bookkeeper on? Someone who, and, and what's it going to cost me to get, you know, um, the bookkeeper to generate reports for me? Um, and ask for regular meetings, like, and these kind of things. And and look, it may cost you, so it's it's got to fit within the budget. But honestly, if your accountant isn't messaging you regularly i'd that's great advice I, I would really stress to go look somewhere else it's i you know like I, I genuinely think that's really important having a great accountant um and then just getting in front of the numbers like it's it's one of those things book it in your diary on a saturday sit down and just spend some time with it that's all it is like just spend some time looking at the numbers you'll get better at it i think to be a great operator you have to be Unless you can bring people into the business that can do that job for you, which most people early days start up, small business won't be able to do, um, you either need to sit down with your accountant and go through all that stuff with them so that they can kind of explain a lot of it to you or you just got to gotta spend some time with them and get good at it. That's what I did. It's, I a just, be, it's the best way to minimize your tax, to be honest, having a business as opposed to you know getting a, a check from a corporation or a, a company as an employee. Um, but there's still really a lot of pitfalls that I've heard mm. from people that they still make and they, they kind of lose out on what they could be claiming, for yeah, example. Yeah, you'd, you'd be amazed. Like it's, it's, it's people start businesses because they've got an idea, not because they've been to uni. Mm. Like some people do, but, you know, I'm, a lot of people, you know, um, will start a business because they've got this great idea and they're like, fuck, this is going to be awesome. And then, you know, they just dive in head first and then there's all this you know, shit that you just don't realize is part of it. No, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, this is too much almost. <laughs> I want to work for someone else and dominate. Um, 
what are the when you when you say just go find an accountant? It's not an easy process, is it? What's the what's a good you know what's a red flag and a green flag? Oh, you just spoke about one that comes back and forth with you, but you don't find that out till you've you've signed them up. <sighs> uh, it's word a, of it's, mouth. It's a yeah yeah. Word of mouth is a, is it? But everyone thinks their accountant's good. Mate, oh, like no one's going to turn around and say, yeah, me count shit. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like that's the truth. Um, and that's what I found is like, I think for me, my account that I've got now, the thing I love is I'm paying a subscription, gets me a monthly meeting, gets me quarterly planning, gets me all of that. And these guys are proactive. Like I get this, like I've got a team around me now. Like, so I'm not dealing with one accountant. I've got, I've got the guy who owns the company who I'm in contact with is like a mentor. I've got my accountant and then I've got like the accountant's assistant who like basically I can message at any one point in time and he'll go away and do stuff for me. Little admin stuff. Um, yeah, like shout out Cali Partners. Like they're, they're amazing up in Sydney. They're actually in Sydney. That's so I haven't gone here. I've gone up there because through a recommendation. But like now I'm like I feel supported, right? And, and if to me it's like if I, I guess here's a question that you should ask yourself. Do you feel supported by your accountant? And it, be really honest with yourself. And if the answer is no, move. Mm. Great advice. Great Go advice, find yeah. someone who's going to be in your corner who's, and he's going to be proactive and invested in what you're doing. And you've got a great relationship with these guys in Sydney. Mate, like call it like, like oh, you know, like messaging him being like, mate, t- just hit 24 on Spotify in, you know, in Australia. And he's like, man, like going off. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Like when I, I was Genuine. up in Sydney the other week, they're like, mate, let's go for dinner, drinks, like stuff like that. Like, these guys genuinely care, you know, yeah, and I think massive. they're great operators. I think they know what they're doing. Like, there's no doubt about it. They know that this is the feeling they're trying to invoke, but I'm like, that's what I want. So, Perfect. yeah, I think that's really important. Like, in back in the day, I just didn't have that. It's great advice. Great advice. Now, if we can talk a little bit about your podcast, because obviously that's catching some waves. You mentioned some of the statistics now on the Spotify numbers, which is fantastic to hear. So, congratulations. Thank you, but yeah. what, uh, one of the podcasts that I listened to, you said something along the lines of, you know, you want to have conversations with your guests that, that can help change people's lives, like a really big sort of statement. What was sort of your perspective when you were building this? And, and I guess, what did you envision the sort of listeners getting out of it? Yeah. Uh, again, it's like, I, I think back to like, conver- like I, had, I remember going to the, uh, back to with my stepfather, like I was sitting at a cafe in Port Melbourne with him and I was an absolute rabble, <laughs> right? Like big weekend, rabble, like tra- I need to do something here. Sat down with him, really deep conversation. Did not look back after that. And it was like, that's the thing in my mind. I'm like, how do we make more of that, more of that accessible? Because I was lucky I had this guy sitting on my couch. Yeah. Not everybody has that, you know, and, and there's a, I would say majority of people don't have that, right? So the biggest thing for me was like, how do I make these conversations more accessible? Like that's purely what I was like. I was like, I want people that don't get access to these conversations, low socio-demographic areas, they've got a mobile phone, how do we have more of these conversations? Um uh, and that was the mission. You know, I think something that's really important with a business is having a really clear cut mission, something that's bigger than yourself. That's, and, and that was like, that was kind of where we went with it. And it was naturally, it was like, we just wanted to cut through, you know, and I wanted it to be like really emotive, you know what I mean? Like, and I think I look back at it now and I think tone of voice, like every podcast, every company should have a tone of voice. How do we communicate? Are we, for us, it's serious and inspirational. It's funny, like 
we we had this real cracker joke right, on one of the podcasts. Um, maybe I don't know, it was eight two months ago or something, and we chopped that up and put a snippet in, put a really funny <laughs> song behind it, and it absolutely went shit. <laughs> really, and it was like okay, like that's not the experience that people want when they come to our show, and then. It makes sense. If you go look at all of our snippets, like we probably use like five songs. Sad music. Sad, emotional. Like, you know, an example of like say some marketing is the first snippet we release for every show, for every episode has to be emotional. It's not informative. It's not what's the best thing they said on the podcast. What's the thing that's going to be the most inspiring? So like there's some people come on and they might talk about NFTs or they might talk about um marketing or they might say this really great thing the core thing that we do is find the most inspiring thing they say and make that the very first thing that they see in relation to that episode it's a great way to look at it Braden you're clipping you're clipping <laughs> out <laughs> that, that's clipped <laughs> that doesn't get more inspirational than that I know I mean, clip that up and I, I don't know what tone we've got I know my tone the other week was horrific I apologise I swore about 25 yeah, times at Harmsy we haven't worked, we, we haven't I mean I've just jumped into this stuff and I love the way that you you know you, you sit down and strategically plan all your content and even like I said to you I've got to talk to you off air about how you do it just that you know subtitles and the music in the background, just a little bit, not enough, um, so you can hear the conversation. It, it is. It's just really a deep. Bit, not enough. And have you just, I mean, I've only listened to um, just the one just recently. What was her name again? Sorry. Um, Jenna. The, Jenna. She was super. She was awesome. Yeah. So much value in that episode. It's almost like I've got to keep rewinding and you almost got to write down things well, and well, on pause. It's That's why the clips are so cool because you can read them on the fly, re- watch them again. Yeah. I uh, think it's like that's a good point. Like thinking about the experience that you give somebody that's marketing marketing is it changes how you position whatever you're selling right like if you think about it most companies sell the same thing as someone else they just wrap it and and position it differently and i think that's you know i always think about being different you know so um for me it was like cool i am athlete do it that way but we can do it this way over here we can do our snippets this way and we can drive this emotion and especially in australia i was like we can really cut through here um and you know we 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 always think about how can we do things a little bit different and i think that's a really big thing when it comes to marketing is like differentiation you're not trying to be better than someone you're trying to be different um and you can look at all the successful companies you know like i was talking about this the other day like apple apple you know they don't care they don't tell you what their features are you know they 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 all their marketing is around positioning and being different right and and it's the same with tesla like they're not telling you how much better their car is they're they're selling you something that's completely different you know what i mean so that's the biggest thing is like i always think about how can we be different how can we cut through and and so on and and i think that's really important it's funny that you mentioned i am athlete when i sat down and did the brand deck for this show and um, why it's called os american aces and and how i want it to look no doubt it looks a little bit different than you know due to you know as i said you just start with low cash and build it up um your resources it's 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 hard to do mm. exactly what you want you're you've got it as you've got it as good as i've seen to be honest and this is just great feedback for you but it looks incredible you've got the studio you know your content's clean 
How long has it taken you to get to that point and who's involved in the team? There's a lot of questions here. Like where did it, you've obviously got your own space. You've had to, you've had to go get your own space to bring out this content. You know, talk to me about the journey from when you said you were doing it pretty poorly to now doing it extremely well. Yeah. So previously I did it in a co-working space, found that really hard. I think the biggest thing, and you guys would know this as well, is around getting guests in and, and being able to do that. When you're working at a co-working space and you have to try to predict when you're going to get this guest in in three weeks time, it's nearly impossible. So the studio was, yeah, we wanted to make it look good, but we also wanted to be able to host people whenever we wanted, right? And and be really flexible around that, which was a big one. Um, means we can shoot any time of the week, you just name it, you know, and, and that was a big one. Um, and it was during lockdown. So we actually got a pretty good deal in the studio, went out there. Um, nice. But from the get-go, we've had a producer, um, like a guy that I've worked with previously in business, I said to him, like, you keen? He's like, yep. So we brought him in. Um, and then it was just more around vision. And I'm like, just really being really particular with things like, oh, we need, like, I want the background to be blurred. You know, we started not having the background, but it still look great. But how do we blur the background so that we change the lenses? Um, you know, um, camera height, you know, like was, it was a big one for us as well. Getting that right, getting that really consistent. Um, you know, we use the headset mics because we've got a massive echo in the space we've got. So it looks visually great. Sound wasn't there. So we use the headset mics for that reason. Now it's a part of our branding. So it's like we actually wouldn't swap that even if we fix the audio. Um, now the team, like my partner used to work, um, she was a marketing manager at a dental practice, like, like really successful. Like she's an absolute superstar and it was always like, okay, we need to, like I need, I need her to be hands-on and, and, and kind of really take over this. But she was always in my ear being like, this is what you should do. This is how you can do this, blah, 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 blah. So from a social media perspective, I was pretty lucky that I had her in, you know, initially kind of in my ear. And honestly, TikTok was amazing for us last year. Like just went bananas. Like I think, you know, we, we as I was saying, we like one of our snippets is like 1.2 million views, but like, 25,000 shares. So, so 25,000 shares. That's ridiculous. I think it's like, like, and so like some snippets might get 1.4 million views, but they might get 500 shares. That could be right? another million people. So like, I think we honest. gained like 26,000 followers from that one post. <laughs> and on that episode, did that boom? Do people go through that? <laughs> it's still our best performing today. Yeah, right. do Unbelievable. Find, do you find when you have TikTok uh, posts that fly, those episodes actually get high views or listens or no, not really? It's no, just not, re not really. Like as you guys said, like you see my content, but like you don't necessarily listen in, right? And I, I feel I still think it's like you just need to get that first episode, right? Like you need to get that first episode in. And like most people will message us and be like, fuck, like I'm just absolutely binging, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, And especially because ours, you mentioned it before, like it is very like sit down, take notes, and I really want to learn from this. So like people will look through and they'll look at the name and then they'll just be like, oh, marketing, like cool, mm. I want to go listen to that. And that was the business, you know, like that's the business side of it. It's very, it can be very educational. Um, you know, if you, like if you take the snippets out of it, like the snippets are one thing, it's positioned on Insta that way and, and TikTok that way. But when you go in, it's it's not like that music's playing the whole time, right? Nah. So it's a different experience. Um, but I find that that's what it is. It's like podcasting is not this thing. It's like, oh, we got 1.2 million views. Now we've made it. It's like, nah, man, like that's forgotten last week. You might get a jump, but you still got to keep those people, you know? So that's why the consistency of like, 
um, understanding the customer. What you know again? What's the experience you're trying to create for someone when they listen to your show? What's your tone of voice? Like, um, the experience for me is a big one. Like we, you know, we're trying to move towards this. This we we were very story orientated. Now we're trying to move to this point where we want people to sit down and take notes, and we're trying to create this educational experience for people. And we found that that's what they want when they want to listen to something about business. You know, so. Um, that's something that I pay attention to massively and I think that's the biggest misconception is, yeah, our socials are pumping. There's not a direct correlation. Um, it's one of those things that compounds over time. You might increase, you know, and, and you've got to be so consistent and so on the ball and really be able to dial it in. It's like a little notch to the right next week, little notch to the left the week after until we get to this point where, oh, we're starting to pick up momentum now. And yeah. and you're really just paying attention to the type of content that people and, – and more importantly, how do they experience it is, is another big one. How do they experience it? I know me personally, I listen to it in the car. Um, I like to listen to it before bed sometimes while I'm on my laptop. What are you finding, your listeners, when do they listen to your podcast? Yeah, so like the majority of people still do listen to it in the car. Um, I'm a big car guy. You know, there's one that I don't listen to in the car that I sit down and I just like to listen to. But then there's other people that, you know, like like there's a lot of people that I know, they might sit down and watch it with their partner or something like that. So there are different ways they can experience it from a tactical standpoint, but it's more about, I think, psychologically, how they are, are they experiencing it? You know what I mean? Like... Not, I always think about like niche or customer psychologically, not tactically or demographically. So it's like, you know, when I'm, I'm trying to think about, you know, what am I actually trying to um, help? You know, what kind of experience am I trying to create psychologically? So whether you're in the car, on the couch, at the table, on your laptop, taking notes, whatever it is, what, what am I actually trying to deliver here psychologically is kind of more probably how I think of it. Um, and that dictates the content that I talk about, the structure of the episodes a little bit, you know, you tinker with that. Again, we went from like maybe 30 to 40 minutes of story to like 10. Mm-hmm. And then we seen a massive, um, improvement in retention of customer or, or listener. So, um, yeah, that, that's probably more like how I think of it, if that makes sense. Was there a specific sort of episode that caught wind and that sort of got you momentum or is it more the consistency that you found has, has uh, helped your growth? It's definitely the consistency um, and the type of guests. Like there's definitely conversations where I sit and go, yeah, that's the one. Like, yeah. you know, like that's what we're trying to gun for every week. Um, and then there's ones where I'm like, nah, but they still perform really well. But we had we had the managing director of Country Road on. Oh, man, like that's massive. She was like, she's coming on again in, in a couple of weeks. Like, like impressive. Oh, dude. Like I, I remember sitting there just like, like in awe. Yeah, because like, I actually want to ask, because you've had some really profound guests across business. Is there been any like just ones that have come in and they've just, the way they've come across to you, they've been so impressive or dropped some, you know, golden nuggets that you've just been like, wow. The country road one was like next level. You kind of don't understand or, you know, like I started to realize, I'm like, yeah, that's why she's the CEO of country road. Mm. Like the way she spoke, the way she carried herself, her belief system, her leadership skills. And I was just like, wow. Like I just remember being taken back and I, I did that with a mate of mine. So he was like a, a co-host for the for that episode. Um, and I just remember looking at him afterwards and even he looked at me, he's like, <laughs> like that was just unbelievable. And it was just like she's such an impressive human. It was a mixture of humility 
and strength and power, like the way she spoke. Like that's the that's the snippet that went viral. Like really? the snippet that if you were to listen to that snippet, like it is nuts. Like I still listen to it now and get goosebumps. Do you with because with these guests, I think this is a good one for our listeners as well. Because you have so many successful people in business on, and we're starting to sort of do the same. Is there any sort of correlating traits you see across these guests that of why they are the way they are? A hundred percent, hundred percent. I think I think leadership is the big one that I see. Like the difference in in people uh, in small businesses and in large businesses, and the ones like. The people that are in large businesses or have a large business and have grown it from a startup are impeccable leaders, mm. like impeccable. And I'm talking humility, people first. The ability to get people on the bus and say, come with me. You know, it's the same as footy. You know, like like there's just players you play with and they go, yeah, jump on my back and let's go. It's the same thing. And it's like, you know, I... You know, I played footy as a, a little tacker and I, I start to see similarities now where it's like, you know, there's the people that can tell you to, they can be straight with you, but you know it's it's coming from the right place. You know what I mean? And it's like, oh, even though you just had a crack at me, I'll still do everything for you. And I think that is what I see in some of these bigger business leaders is the ability for them to be great leaders, pull you into line, and, and kind of inspire you to, to want to be a part of the journey um, is without a doubt the biggest thing that I realized when I started to interview some of these these leaders. Um, it was just like, it's either that or they're just like marketing whizzes. Like they just look at things, they see the little things that you don't usually see. But I think leadership's the big one. Open my eyes completely. Like I think it's really hard when you're a small business owner. Something that I've always struggled with is like, having conversations with people, you know, as a footballer, I actually like, you know, even, you know, even just local, like when I look back at like, we won like my under 18s team, like won like four flags in a row on local league. And like, I look back at that team and I think that was all like leadership and camaraderie. And then I, I try to draw inspiration from that. It's really funny because I was like one of the leaders of the team. And I look back at that and, and I'm actually drawing inspiration on that now because it, you know, that was like, that's what I seen in these other people, but in business, you know, it was like that, you know, you're either on the bus or you're not, but this is where the bus is going and that's your decision. Um, this is our culture. This is what we stand for. Not just words, but actually everybody's all in on it. And the ability for a leader is to make that happen. You know, how do I get everyone invested? Um, uh, and, and that was what I seen, you know, the country road one, like, and that was a big like aha moment for me was like, you've got to get really good at this. That's brilliant. And for everyone listening, can you remember what episode that was? Al Roseby. Uh, I don't know the number. It's Al Roseby, um, mastership, self-mastery and leadership. Now, how do you, one of the, it's funny, me and Tommy, as much as we have a, a good operation on the front end, behind behind the scenes, we're, we're everywhere, headless chooks trying to get people on shows, our own podcasts. We're moving around. We're working with Braden and our own producers to like get the content cut up. Like it's madness in the background. How for you are you getting these guests? Is it do you have kind of a clear sort of strategy of how you do it, or is it just like changing with each ones like us? Nah, I feel like that's the best bit about it. Like I'm just how do I get it's a this rush, person, mate? It's like, like fishing, man. Mate, today, yeah, hundred percent. Today I commented on this guy's thing and he liked it. I'm like, like we 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 muck around in the group. He were like, you know, hunting this person. You know what I mean? And it's like. Like we, we do our best, like, but like 
in terms of getting the guests, no, it's like it, I feel like um, it's like a game. You, you know get, what I like mean? Getting the CEO of Country Road, that's massive. But there's also uh, there's a skill involved. Like there's a lot of gr- I mean, don't you, everyone out there is great at something. Then for them to feel confident enough and comfortable enough to talk about it is another thing. And then to join you on your podcast is another thing. And then the other thing is they don't even know you. Like we've only just met today. We've been talking online for a bit, but you can kind of tell before the show even goes ahead, you know, this is going to be good or this could be a flop, not a flop, but this is going to be um, quite challenging as a host. You know, like I'm, I, I love, I reckon this guy's one of the best hosts going around. That's how we kind of connected and started this. I said, mate, I need you because I like to sit back and immerse myself in what <laughs> the guest like says. Every, like every, every two minutes. Even when you're <laughs> talking, like- I'm like sometimes forgetting to ask another question. So I find one-on-one really challenging when things that I don't understand sometimes. Mm. With sport, it's different. I can talk underwater, but yeah, it's um, reaching out to guests. You can get a gist of who you know what they're going to be like. I feel before you even get them on. Yeah, I think that one of the big things for us as well, like um, something we've said since day dot, and even like the reason we went for really high quality is because everybody's social media is very personable to them, and it's a it's like this thing they hold close to their chest. And we wanted to be, we have an aim to be the best performing piece of content on anyone's feed that comes on and I would say 70% of the time we do right so that's why we do the music we make it really emotional because the first one we aim to collaborate with people on social media yeah so the first one has to be a banger if it's emotional the person is more and it and it makes them look aspirational and inspirational they are more likely to share it it's also more the emotional stuff is what actually gets the likes the views the comments so that's why we do the first one most people will collaborate with one. They won't collaborate with three. So there's strategy there to how we do it. Um, it's also one thing that, uh, so again, why quality, you know, and why we got the studio and why we wanted it to be that way. We knew that at the time when we did it, there wasn't many people actually doing it that way with the highest level of quality. So therefore, we're more likely to sign bigger guests quicker because they're going to look at it and say, yeah, that's something I would share or you know, and it's the, it, it builds the brand and the trust a lot quicker than, say, if you're just kind of jibbing it on a Zoom call or something like that. 100%. I hate Zoom calls. 100%. 100% but that's something we said from the very start. Like when we, we you know, we hit the, we got the Al Roseby Country Road episode. That blew up. Next week we went into lockdown. Oh, yeah. I was spewing. Like I'm sitting there and then I'm like, oh. We had um, Jade Spooner lined up, so she was like one of the guests that we've been wanting to get for a long time. And I, all, I was so close to going Zoom with her three days before. I'm like, no, nah, not Zooming. It's good that you to did stick that. to your brand. Yeah, that's good. I'm like, no, that's we're a not tough doing decision it. Decision to make. Not doing People it. People don't really understand too. that. Like, yeah. And I was like, no, we're not doing it. Um, but then another big thing that I do is like I actually listen to episodes that the guest has been on, and go, what didn't I like about that? And more importantly, I read the guest. And I look at them and I look at their mannerisms and I say, what didn't he like about that or what didn't she like about that? Um, and then I completely flip it. Like, So I'll give you an example. I had um, Michael Ramsey on. I don't know. He, he owns a few F45s back in the day. Great episode. But I watched his an episode he did with somebody else. And the, 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 the host was like trying to tell Ramsey why he was successful. And... It was also like I think people get really not annoyed, but they don't like you know podcasts can be very repetitive. So you know you go on, you tell the same story, and it's and it's thing and and 
eventually that's why people don't go on anymore because they're like, I don't want to do this. Mm. So I was like, he walked in, he goes, he's, you know, he walked in, he goes, what's the agenda? Right. And I go, oh, mate, like I've watched a few podcasts and stuff like that that you've been on. And to be honest, mate, like I think the thing is they don't, you know, they don't, they don't show your business brain. And he's a business guy. And I'm like, I knew that's going to, that's going to turn his key. Mm. I said, I want to show your business brain. I think that's, that's underutilized right now. Not enough people are bringing that out in you. So let's tell your story for 10 minutes and let's just go straight in and go deep on business. Cause I knew I could keep up with him. And, you know, in terms of the, 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 um, you know, the conversation, we can, we can genuinely have a good conversation here about business. And I, I back myself in like that. Like you could be the managing director of country road. I'll keep up with you and let's go mono e mono and have a good combo. And I knew that. And then mate, you should have seen the smirk on his face. He's like, Oh, that sounds amazing. Sparked him up a bit. hundred percent. And so like I do that now and I look and I go, yeah, what was, what didn't I like about that episode? And that's what I do. So how I prep is I go and I either read articles that they've been featured in um, and or I watch and listen to podcasts and I say, what was wrong with that? What do I think they think was wrong with it, right? And and pay attention. You know, I only got the idea of doing that with Ramsey because I was watching the video and watching Ramsey and I could see that he wasn't enjoying it, right? Nobody else, not nine out of 10 people wouldn't be able to tell, but I could tell. So like that's how I think of it in a sense. Like, and, and I think that's marketing 101. Marketing isn't just what you put on social media. It's how you position something. Um, and, and that's kind of like, I guess, the depth that I would go into with a guest. The depth that uh, you go to is very impressive, by the way, to get a lot of that collateral. But you're right. There, and I find this as well. When I'm talking to guests, there's an element of like sales of how you're talking to them because you're trying to to flick that switch in them or see where they like to go and really build them up so you can get some more juice out of the conversation. You're, I think you're quite good at that as well. Yeah, and, and obviously different concepts. You know, you're going business, we're, exactly, going, yeah. we're going sport. This whole thing I've created is sports clubs, so there's business components, you know. I'm mm. trying to give everyone a digital version of an AFL club essentially and it's a bit more lighthearted on ours, but um, there's no doubt when you get a guest and this one's business, it fires you up. It's a great conversation. With sport, I find it very easy. You know, you know, you say go toe-to-toe with someone. In business, <laughs> I'm not as comfortable as I am with sport. I could sit there and if you get people that are interested in NBA, NFL, um, whatever it is, mm. they don't shut up and that's what you want. And all of a sudden, the conversation, like we said earlier, it just flows into something that who knows where it's going. It sometimes <laughs> goes completely left or right. You bring it back, but that's what creates a good episode. So it is great to hear about your prep and um, how you go about it because we're learning. I'm learning on the run. That's why I love having these conversations. Uh, sometimes a bit uh, selfish of me. I, I'm learning a lot, you know, and sometimes I pick the guests for myself because I think that they're fucking going to get a lot of value out of it from people listening. And yeah, we're thoroughly enjoying it and uh, enjoying your work as well, mate. So keep it up because like I said, you're the person that I'm looking at in Australia and going, this is as good as, it, as I think you can get it at the moment. Obviously, you're going to take it to the next level, but that's what I did when we started. I said, I want something premium. Consistency, I think, is key. Yeah. Um, and also a bit of your own experience. And I've had me ups and downs at the start, like on Perth, like I was in lockdown, but it wasn't finding a new person. It's been amazing to have Braden here consistently, you know, producing this stuff because 
it's like, you know, those moments where you're like, fuck, man, like that lapel was facing upside down. You know? <laughs> yeah. like, I got no idea about any of this stuff, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I, I no. think it's hard. Oh. I think it's hard to do it. Oh, you need you need some automation around you. Mate, so like just it, it's a lot of the work. growing pains of what I've gone through so far in this podcasting game. It's been fantastic because you learn so much. But you know, we were rocking lapels at the start because I wanted that I am athlete vibe as well. So you just realize how hard that is to get. Oh my yes, gosh. Yes. It's and unbelievable. The money involved at the production level, they must be spending so much cash. So obviously you can't compete with that. Um, hopefully we can one day. See, and- I learned so much about what I think they're doing wrong too. Yeah, right. Yeah. So like I look at them and, and there was like from that point of view, they did a lot right, but then you also learn what they did wrong. And I think like that's just as it's important, I reckon, and with every podcast and this is again i think the most important thing is to just be different yeah right? like people like that's just the most important thing with anything and so like i looked at i am athlete and said i love their production level but then there was parts of it i'm like i don't like that and i think that's really important for everybody don't just replicate something but what's what do i like about it what don't i like about it and what's the opportunity here that's just something I always think about um, that creates great ideas, you know. So there was parts of it that I love, but then there's parts of it I don't like and and, and so on. And that's why the van, no, there's no one in the world with a <laughs> roller media van yeah, like American Aces. That's why I love doing it here because it's so good. Look at the screens, the lighting. It makes you look like you make it makes you look that it's you know, an unbelievable concept. It's great. That's fantastic. Unbelievable. Where where do you want to take the the podcast? Do you have an end goal? Is it day to day? Nah, like yeah, I, wait, I, what's your sort of at the start? Us? I had no idea. Now I'm like, uh, we're basically trying to build a network. So we're bringing on shows at the moment. We've got our second show, which will launch in about five weeks. So this is all under pivotal branding, and yeah, then got, okay, yeah. So we're setting up our second set at the moment. So a different look. Um, cool. Yeah, it's fun, man. Like, completely different. Completely different. Can't wait to yeah. see it. Like yeah. signage, like full. Everything's completely different. You know, buying furniture, like mood boarding, all of this. Where like renovations are happening now. So like, um, yeah, second show, third one is planned and ready to go for hopefully September. Um, not, I'm not involved. I was going to say, you in any of these shows? There's all nah, different people. Nah, nah, different so, concepts as well. Finding talent, bringing bringing them in, building a show around them, branding it, doing all that. Like we got the team Fantastic. to do that. Um, so that's what we're trying to do. Like that's, that's basically pivotal is, is we want to, we want to follow Barstool, you know, definitely. Sorry, um, we're on the same plane here. Like, it's, <laughs> it's exactly what we're trying to do here. Yeah. Obviously a bit different with sport and business, but um, yeah, you're obviously going to have different shows. It's, well, it's, great it's, to it's, hear. The, it's the best way to probably scale and be successful in a, yeah. you know. I just think, I think earned media is just such a big opportunity. Yeah, um, I and I think, you know, the way I, my philosophy on business now is, you just need to have a community. If the community connect with you, they share the same beliefs, they'll buy whatever you want to sell. So I all, like how I look at it now is how can I generate marketing machines where the cost is free for that marketing? So, you know, I can bring in advertising revenue and that can just, if that allows me to do the show at a break even and grow the show over the course of a year, we could then eventually move into selling some sort of product for each individual show. So like, it's really as simple as that. I think earned media is going to be the biggest opportunity in media over the next, say, 10 years. Uh, how can we create marketing machines at 
basically zero cost. So then we can eventually sell products and, and maybe run experiences, events and these kind of things. But yeah, I just think it's a, it's a big opportunity and that's kind of how I'm looking at it. It's spot on. It's exactly it's exactly the Oz American Aces business plan <laughs> because in a sports club is why I set it up. you got events, you know, you have, I mean, some of the coolest events I heard of are these rugby boys in Perth. They used to have these events every quarter and they were fancy dress and, they, and they'd raise money for the actual club and everyone would rave on about them and it's like, fuck, got to get myself one of them. <laughs> and that's the thing with a club and a community, you can kind of do anything you want. It's funny that you mentioned products. Obviously, each show you're going to create is going to have a different theme. One's business, you know, I don't know whether you get comedians on or whatever, you're going to have different vibes. Are you already, don't obviously give it away, but are you already thinking about a product that you might bring out at the moment or nah, not? Nah, you know what? I started to look at it and I just felt like it was rushed, like I was doing it for the sake of doing it. Um, not, not really, not really. I think we'd probably maybe do some events first. Um, you know, that's definitely something that we've been working on, but you know, we don't even, we just don't have capacity right now. Like it's such a beast just getting what we're doing right. And we want to nail that. And we're in a good kind of, I guess we're in a bit of a zone right now where we're really starting to pick up momentum. So I was looking at it, um, but I've just put it to the back burner for now. I, I think the, I'll know when the time's right. I'll probably know the audience will probably tell me what the what the product is i just gotta you know pay attention so i think i was gonna do a diary um yeah. and i still oh, will you know my head just went straight away to like a business book for you i, I think i will i think we I will bland, i'm just not gonna rush it yeah. you know like i think like everyone's I doing diaries it's like how can you do it differently i guess yeah so we, we've got some questions in at the end of the podcast that we're asking at the moment to try to collect some of that data from say even just some of the the people we're interviewing and, and we're also doing some but yeah i'm not gonna rush it i'll i think i'll let it come naturally um i'm just gonna focus on the content the content is the product right now and We'll go all in on that, get that right, and, and there should be an evolution. Well, stay tuned. Now, before, there's probably a couple of our regular questions we want to ask, Kyle, but the one of the ones that I, I think we ask a few, we've, we haven't asked every week, but I do like asking our guests is, what's the best business book you've you've read that you would re- recommend to oh. listeners? Hang Maybe All podcasts or documentaries yeah, you've watched, because yeah. obviously people learn differently. Is there anything that stands Correct. out or a TED talk that you go, yeah, watch this, do this? Can I can I give you a few books for different things? Yes, yes please. That's how I look at it. Um, for general business practice around not making mistakes, there's a book called The Road Less Stupid by Keith Cunningham. He's one of the OGs. I think he does business development for Tony Robbins. Must read book for just like not making mistakes. Um, Profit First is really good for understanding cash flow and how to get a business off the ground and, and it's a system that you can implement which will help you understand how to make your business profitable good to great is a book from jim collins that i highly recommend to read if you want to scale your company um they're probably the, the big three at the moment that i can He's literally given us a book for like each phase of the business from starts from starts yeah he gave me 2022 or whatever in yeah there's plenty audio of audio books to the go i smash audio books i used to now i'm a big book man no i like i like the physical yeah form. i used about to oh, i must have the ADD, ADD or something you I, can't cheat code? I don't i don't cheat code what's cheat code? both at the same time <laughs> oh there you go Serious. what do you mean that is a dirty like it while reading the book how the fuck do you do because <laughs> you don't need to actually read you're listening and and you're just following the words as you go on and you absorb twice as much and be able to read twice as quick Gosh, yeah. that is something else. Listeners, is anyone doing that? I if you know are, if anyone out there is yeah, doing put that. Put some comments in the I heard, in a guy, the I heard a guy say it about three months ago and I've started doing it. 
crazy. And you can consume oh. a book and an audio book at the same time. You just cons- I reckon you consume it more, like like you're in, you're just like tuned in more, and you're kind of like following it, and you're really in it. Um, and you know, obviously, it's you're a almost bit in quicker. a different state. There, you'd be like, just, yeah, it's two inputs, man. Yeah, it's like just, you know what I mean. It's good. Well, there you go. He's given diamonds all, all day and then he's just pulled that one out. No, I, yeah, it's is, a new one. It's a new one. That is, that is different. That is different. Audio and reading, same time. Go. I've never heard of that. I've actually seen on TikTok. I have seen some guy on TikTok. I, I tried it and I was like. I do it and he's never <laughs> be fucking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you learn today? I didn't teach you. What'd you learn today? like this just right. Not, it hasn't blinked for like fucking two hours. Oh my God. What'd you learn? I don't know. I'm getting confused here. you got one story in my head. That's like this. This is a funny story, actually. When I was in um, school, <laughs> this is this reminds me of school. I had to do, uh, didn't do well at school. Obviously, didn't take it too seriously. We've and, had uh, that on this podcast before. <laughs> and I had an oral presentation, and I um, can talk shit really well. So it's like, oh, I'll smash this out. I just couldn't be fucked doing the work. So I called up. Um, I had two friends at school, and they were both doing the oral presentation. I go, can you? send me your oral presentation and I'm just going to swap your fir- like the first half of yours and grab the other person's back end and I'm just going to merge them together. And then on the game, you know, the, it's due tomorrow. I've got no choice, right? <laughs> so I'm like, fuck it. So I just grabbed the first half of it, chuck the bottom half in. They can't say I'm cheating because it's different. And off I go. Now, little did I know that one was for and one was against, right? <laughs> and I get up there and I'm, and I'm reading it. And I'm, mate, I'm up there and I'm like, I'm reading my oral presentation. And the same day, all my mates are away on an excursion and I'm reading it and I'm just, what I'm saying, I'm, I'm starting to understand what I'm saying is making no sense. <laughs> and I sit down, everyone gives me the clap and I'm just sitting there like, you fucking idiot. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my oh God. So anyone out there, don't ever cheat on your oral presentation do there your own go. work there we go now one of the uh, one of the questions Tommy's one of Tommy's favourites is around for future guests if because we're a relatively new platform not us American Aces as much but Aces in business we're always trying to grow our audience and, and get some unique people on is there anyone in your network or even anyone you admire that you think would be a good guest for us um, you know he's always great uh, Julian Moosey Julian Moosey, you know him. He owns Inglewood Co- uh, Coffee and Only Hospitality Group. He's he's always, mate. He's an animal. Like like in terms of business, like animal. Um, but great guy. You'll have a laugh with him. I think he's great. Um, you know who could be good? You guys like sports? Talk about sport a bit. Um, Love it. Uh, Ted Stedicks. Ted Statics. Yeah, uh, Teddy. So he's on Insta and um, TikTok. Bit of a sports fan, um, funny guy. I think you can have a good conversation with him. He'd be pretty cool. Yeah, awesome. nice. Do you know him well? Yeah, I can connect you. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. There we go. Stay tuned, folks. Stay tuned. Right there, the assist. <laughs> there we go. We're, we're bloody Chris Paul in the, <laughs> the building over here. Sinker. <laughs> How do you go with that one? I, I, um, do, you, do, you, do, do many of them oh, actually so, so come off? To be what? honest, as I was saying in a mic, I started to think, because we, we've been pushing, this is probably the one segment that's been consistent every episode, and I don't think we've landed anyone that anyone well, said. Well, we haven't followed up. Like, <laughs> now, the first one we had, so like, it's funny, Joe Watson mentioned a guy and it turns out that Griffin Logues, who one of my good mates, dad's best mates with him. So they had no connection to him, but I'm actually only, like we will, but oh, he, li- this is, um... he lives interstate. And then you got um, 
you know, James last week said he wants to put us in front of an exec. Yeah, I think I think James I think James is the front runner to so actually James, make it happen. James, listening, mate, we're going to yeah. hold you accountable. He actually pulled us aside outside. He's like, hey, so yeah, this this next guest. He didn't want to drop a name, but he was just talking about yeah. the realm of the person. So I love that you dropped a name because yeah. <laughs> everyone has to hold you accountable now. <laughs> <laughs> so that, um, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. it's always oh, we used to do that question as well, but we just found like yeah, it's, it's, it's it, hard it, to follow it, up. We yeah, forgot though. We, there's it a few is. episodes where we forgot to ask someone. And one, yeah, in the second and third, maybe, I think I forgot. To, I forgot to ask the Russians from Bar Bambi because um, you were away yeah. and I was having too much fun and forgot, <laughs> forgot the script. Oh, um, I already had it in my head. But yeah, no, it's, uh, I'll let you know how we go. I reckon at the moment we're obviously shooting at 0%, but we can land one or two. It would be, uh, we'd really appreciate it and we'll take your word for it. And vice versa, if there's anyone that we know for your show, because it is different, um, happy days. Now, Definitely. that's all we've got. But you don't you don't come on this show empty handed. Oh, cha ching! You don't come empty handed. Now there's a couple of segments. Now the first one is the caps moment. Yep. Um. So I'm going to give you the bag because you get to choose the the hat and beanie of your choice. Uh, big shout out to Caps, the home of putting headwear. it on. Uh, you can put it on. Yeah, you, you, I'd love you to put it on while you tell us is this. He, but is he choosing which one he wants? For everyone out there, you know, yeah, there's I, a lot of sport yeah, going. You, yeah, you, you, you get to choose. choose. You get it's the choice. on the house, mate. So. Um, first in best dress, mate. It's getting oh, cold. He's so. on the beanie. Wow. Yeah, well, I mean, to tell you what, this time of year, it's a logical choice. Big shout out to Caps, though, for everyone out there, the Homer Headwear and more. Um, if you want to head online and check them out, make sure you use the discount code Aces and you'll get a nice twenty five percent off. <laughs> today, the beanie day? man. There's, a, there's, a, there's the Atlanta Hawks in there and a Charlotte. Like that oh, yeah. is they're they're Unreal. elite. It's yeah. a great time to get around the Caps gear because it's the NBA Finals. It um, is. There's a lot going on, and they're, mate, their stuff's so good. I went and bought a um, the the Charlotte right. Hornets hoodie last there week. There we go. Here we That's go. Actually, cool. Trey Young in the building. Uh, Atlanta Hawks. Is there anywhere? Yeah. I've never worn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> it. Never, mate, never worn. Put them over your ears. Now, there we go. In business, what is your caps moment so far? Just to you know, just to so tell you again, the caps moment is the greatest moment of your life in business, mate. Honestly, I, I had to think about this a little bit. It's actually not like any big, big moment. It's the first time I made two grand a week as a PT. Like do, I was doing it tough at the time, like mentally, like it was really, really hard. And mate, I remember making the sale and then I was, it was like Friday Arvo. And like, like, so I was, you know, I moved out of home at like, you know, 19. And, and so like the first two years started a business, had no idea I was running a business. You have to then pay rent, food. You know, I was very young and it was just like, you know, you kind of feel like you're drowning a bit. And I remember the first time I made two grand a week, um, I made the sale and then I was like deadlifting and I just remember sitting there and like I was about to deadlift and I just started crying and I was no just like way. a pure elation, you know what I mean? Like, like relief? Or relief, just, man, yeah. relief, like far out, like I'm, I'm okay, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that's probably the moment that still to this day, I've done a lot of really cool stuff, but that's the moment I look back at and just go, I've never felt something like that. You know, that was just like pure relief, you know, pride, you know, and it was just, it was, it was a great moment and, and, you know, never looked back since then. So yeah, that, that's probably the moment. That's why it's important. I think never give up because there's moments like that validation of all the effort and you're like, okay, I can do this now. And then you find that things just start happening, right? It's, yeah. It's just, a, it's all a mindset game, man. Yeah. It's, you need to think bigger. The more, the bigger you think, the more pressure you get put under pressure is privilege the more hurdles you have to overcome and and the more confidence you build and that's literally business 101 that's how you build like even now there's levels right so even myself like i'm nowhere near 
the, what the top level is, but you know, you just keep trying to climb. Yeah. Pressure makes diamonds, baby. <laughs> Enjoy Pressure the process, diamonds. baby. Kyle, thank you so much for coming on. Startup Diaries, guys. Get around it. Don't great go early. Oh, Don't oh, go early. Come oh, on, geez, mate. Where you pulled that from? Mate, you got him on yet. Tommy There's one the, more Tommy segment. The There's one more segment, mate. Oh, now, we go. Unbelievable. Ricks and Retirement is another segment. I love Cap Ricks and Retirement. Ricks and Retirement. I don't think you've been, you've been sleeping no, somewhere. We, no, We've been doing sorry, this for mate. a while. I forgot. I forgot. Ricks and Retirement, it's a... It's another segment where you'll take your sunglasses there from Rick's Eyewear and you will, you're, you're finished up, you know, you, I don't know, as I said to you, there's no age on anything. It's when you've succeeded so much that you can retire, you've, you've financially just in great areas. Um, where's the one place in the world that you'd love to retire if you had the opportunity? I'm going to give you two. Mount Eliza. <laughs> <laughs> so hang on. That, that, that's that the <laughs> Mount, Mount Eliza. Mount Eliza. Like that's ideal. That's suburb. You know, but or Miami. Oh, now it's fucking flow right up. Right, I just yeah, think about are. like where it's all happening. Yeah, I'm either gonna, I'm either gonna disappear off the face of the earth and just go to Mount Eliza, and you'll never hear from me again. <laughs> Or I'll be in Miami, absolutely rocking out. Yeah. Good taxes in Miami. That's a in, good place. You good and weather. DJ Khaled courtside, baby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's brilliant. Ricks in retirement in Miami or Mount Eliza. I can't believe I just said Mount Eliza. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> man, I didn't <laughs> even know where it was. Where <laughs> the fuck's that? He's like, say that again, sorry. <laughs> not wearing speed dealers, mate. You got the, <laughs> you got the Melrose on there, brother. Oh, oh, goodness gracious. No, mate. On, on a serious note, thank you so much for your time um, and everything, you, you've, all your advice there. There's just so much much value for our listeners and that's what it's all about um wish you all the best uh, nothing but success in the future i love your podcast so i'll be tuning in every week and so will jake and um like i said if you haven't anything shout out to everyone listening um please subscribe if you do share tag us so we can reshare and comment and you know reply to you we, we spoke about that earlier we love um getting in touch and yeah leave a review because i can on i think it's on apple you can leave a review and on spotify it's a five-star rating so take your pick but um thanks to everyone in here it's been another great episode of aces in business and uh, can't wait for the next one absolutely thanks kyle thanks for having me thanks for listening to another episode if you enjoy listening to our podcast please feel free to hit us up on our social channels at osmerican aces if you're entertained inspired or feel more educated please share it with your friends and family because we appreciate the support righto catch you on the next one